In part two, Gabe talks more about his experience on the Pro Tour. He recounts a few of his highs and openly breaks down one of the toughest losses of his career and discusses what he has taken from it. We also get a sneak peek at what he has on the horizon and hear what this game means to him. I'm Josh Walker, and this is SoCal Pickleball Stories. One other thing I want to talk about would be like a pro experience at a tournament. Okay. So is there support for you guys? Are there trainers? Are there security? Security. Oh, man. How are you guys being supported on tour? Yeah. So, you know, when I pull up to the airport, there's usually like three bodyguards waiting with an Escalade by me. And they greet me with, hi, Mr. Joseph. Like, we're here to take you to the tournament. And it's a blacked out, bulletproof Cadillac, you know? So no one shoots me. And no, I'm kidding, bro. It, <laughs> no. The pro experience, like, sometimes they have lounges, you know, depending on the venue. At the Masters, there wasn't really a little lounge. Like, there was a little clubhouse down at the bottom. And we all kind of hung, like... And also to side note for me, I tried really not to hang out with the pros, not at not on tournament day, just because I don't want to be buddy buddy. I still like to keep a little poker face, you know, just like I'll say hi, what's up, keep it cordial. But like I'm not sitting next to Tyson or Ben like I like to like put my headphones on, kind of get in my zone, really get dialed in. I mean, is there trainers and stuff like I haven't seen any I'm sure you've seen which is accessible to, to anybody really the public they just have like kind of those like massage boots you know where they got the guys laying on the mats and stuff um, sometimes they have like trail mix and stuff but also for me I'm not a PPA signed player so I don't get all the benefits but like if I sneak in not even sneak in like if I hop in the player lounge like I remember I did in Texas it was just kind of a little cafeteria room at um, I believe it's called the Oasis Tennis Club in in Rockwall Texas it wasn't anything special I mean obviously it's nice they have it I'm not trying to like downgrade it but like it almost looked like a little conference room it was just like a big seating area with chairs and you know they had trail mix and water sitting there and I guess that's your goodies I guess yeah um, but no dude I mean you don't get security not yet yeah not yet Maybe one day. I don't get I don't get the uh, the Hertz package either. So uh, inst- while Ben and them get their whatever Toyota Corolla, I, I I'm hopping in the lift. Yeah, got it. So you mentioned you know putting in your headphones and dialing yourself in. Is that just like mental prep for the day? I'm a big podcast guy, so I watch. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Vlad TV. He interviews like rappers, moguls. Like he just had Smokey Robinson on. He'll he'll interview kind of any rappers. I watch what he does, which I really like. He'll do a three hour interview, but he only releases a clip a day unless you buy the membership, which you can listen to the whole one. Oh, cool. I keep up with um all the interviews he's doing, and then um. People probably know I'm a big rap guy. I love music. So um, I got the beats in and I'm I'm just bumping my music, trying to really dial in, get get kind of hyped. And what is it these days? Are you a rap guy? I'm a big like Tribe Called Quest fan, you know, 90s, okay. 90s like rap. Lyrical. Give me your top five. I mean, tri- you don't have to go in order. Okay, like Tribe, Biggie, Tupac. Okay. You know, Gangstar. Okay. I love Premiere. Yeah. Primo. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, for me, Tupac, I'm a big Drake guy. I love Drake. Okay, so Swizz Beats and Timbaland came out with this thing called Versus. So they were the founders of this. It's kind of like you're trading hit for hit. So let's say you and I are artists. Let's just say whatever. I came out with Juicy, right? Let's say Juicy by Biggie, right? And so I'll play it, but let's say it's my song. 
and then you'll play a hit. Okay. So we trade hit for hit. So they were doing like these live concerts going hit for hit. So one thing I play before matches Dipset versus the locks. It was just like hyped up, lit. You can feel that energy. So I actually watched the concert video on YouTube. I kind of get energized, like because it's hype, you know, and they're they're trading hit for hit. It's like kind of it's kind of like basically like the sport version of music. It's a competition. Yeah. Yeah, like I got Drake bumping. Nipsey, Pac, Biggie, I mean, everybody, J. Cole, Kendrick. Um, I like some of the newer stuff too, like whatever. We got Migos, NBA Youngboy, like all that stuff. But it's funny, man. I actually grew up like my dad's like, he's a little older. He, big music guy. I mean, we had drums, piano, keyboard, guitars. My dad has a guitar collection. So I grew up listening like to like Eagles, Steely Dan, Beatles. I used to I used to play electric bass and I used to be in orchestra in middle school. I used to play the double bass. Yeah. So I'm like super cultured and all music. I love rap, man. And then you like Gangstar. Like I love guys like Primo that like sample old stuff and just like I love mm-hmm. love stuff like that where they blend in and, and sample like old music like that. I just uh Moment of Truth by Gangstar is one of my all time favorite songs. I mean Tribe. I love Tribe. Yeah, Tribe. I mean, but, but Buster Rhymes, bro. Yeah, I mean, Buster Rhymes. Q-tip. Yeah, I love all that stuff. I mean, there's nothing like the wordplay in rap. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big rap guy. But yeah, but I've just got the headphones in, getting locked in before tourney. Yeah, I honestly, man, I not that I'm like big time by any means. I just I kind of almost it sounds kind of bad. I don't like to be left alone. But like I said, I just do my own thing at a tournament because, like, like I said. I don't treat it like a job, but I'm like, I'm here for a purpose. Sure. Like, I don't know if you like basketball. Like, I love Allen Iverson. That was my favorite player growing up. And he was known for like going to clubs and going out the night before. But when it came to game time, he's locked in. Like, it's it's business, yeah. you know? And that's kind of how I go about my, not when say life, but that's how I go about when it comes to pickle. I'll be very straightforward with you. I don't put in nearly the hard yards some of these pros do. But as you can see firsthand, I can hang with the J-Dub and all these guys doing my thing. And that's just what works for me. Speaking of the hard yards, what does it take to dedicate yourself or what does it look like to dedicate yourself full time to pickleball? A lot of athletes, LeBron James, you know, for example, you know, will spend a million dollars on his body. You know, I'm not, I don't think that pickleball is at that level yet, but you know, is it is it headed in that direction? I mean, I know some pros um, I've seen on Instagram. I don't follow them, but they come up with my suggested. Um, I've seen them doing like, you know, workouts on the beach with a personal trainer. I know I'll just put her name out. I know Catherine. I think she believe I believe she like travel like the trainer travels with her. And like I said, man, I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I don't think the game's at that level yet. If I had the budget, I guess, quote unquote, sure, I'll hire somebody to do it. But just being honest, like I don't really need somebody there with me. Like the game just isn't that brutal, in my opinion. I'm not trying to discourage her. Like she's there for three days, so I can't relate. She's obviously got a long grind. Like I said, man, the way I live my daily life, like I'm very disciplined. I eat very clean. I try not to drink too much. I don't smoke. I'm on the court all day. So that's just kind of like by just by default, what I'm trying to say is I kind of stay in shape. So I don't really have to get in shape. But um, one thing I've been doing this year a little more, like I said, I've been getting a little more sore after tournaments is right when I kind of get home, I, I do the ice baths. Yeah. And I feel like that's been helping a little bit, alleviate like a little little tightness. You know, like I still feel fine. Like I said, I go back to work the next day, like I'm totally fine, but I feel the muscles a little tight. You know, I'm like, oh, like if I move a little too fast or take off too hard, like it's a little tender. Like I said, I, I went to school, I study nutrition. Like I just, I don't do, even at tournaments, I don't really do Gatorade, Powerade. I don't do soda. Yeah. Really, I'm just kind of coffee, water, 
I'll do some like emergency or some electrolytes, like noon tablets I really like. I just, I don't, I try to treat my body, you know, like a temple, so to speak. Yeah, that, that's just kind of how I go about it. I really don't, I don't calorie count. I don't really watch stuff. The way I kind of go about it, if this sums it up, is it's more what I not eat. I don't, I don't do McDonald's. I'm not doing fries. I don't do burgers. I don't really do pizza. I don't put junk in my system. You know, so I'm not that guy, you know, weekend comes and Monday hits. Oh, I need to sweat out that tequila, bro. Like, you know, that's not me. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's kind of my, my, my routine, you know, and, and luckily shout out to my girlfriend, Nika. She, she cooks and we're both on, you know, the health grind. So she, she cooks up pretty healthy meals. You know, we're doing pasta with some healthy sauce, maybe a little chicken in there. You know, we're doing kind of like a chicken Madeira with like some asparagus, stuff like that. We're not eating junk. You know, the only thing we do do is go out to restaurants and do takeout. You know, even then we're not doing Chipotle and stuff. We're doing good, good quality food. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Um, Okay, so we touched on it a little bit. Where do you put your game, singles game up against like the top guys? I try to be super humble. I don't I mean, I don't want to brag. I, honestly, man, I and this is what people have told me. I think easily in my opinion, and I have the wins to prove it. I don't want to toot my own horn. The only one I haven't beaten on the tour is Ben. If that kind of gives you a perspective of my game, I would say I'm top three, easy. These guys are all very good, and I think Ben's the GOAT, you know, and and Tyson is, is amazing. He's put in the hard yards, but I think on any given day, given the amount of time I've put in, and these guys, a lot of these guys, you know, you got to remember, I've been playing a lot longer than I have, too. Like, Really, I started in 2020, but to answer your question, I mean, I think top top three, if we're being honest. I mean, I don't know, but here, here, let me ask you this. Let me flip it to you. Before you even took a lesson and just heard about me or whatever, like, hey, take a lesson with Gabe, like he plays pro, like, like had you seen my matches or anything? When we first met, no, but I think once I took a lesson and met you, I started to pay more attention, watch the streams, like specifically follow you. Yeah. Just this last PPA. That match versus Jada was the only one I saw. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the best I've seen you play. I mean, Uh, I play better. But yeah. Really? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I haven't seen all your matches, but you looked, you looked very solid. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you've had some great ones. I mean, what is it like to, to play Ben Johns and singles? And what is it about him? He's just extremely calculated. And I'm not trying to brag or anything. Like you just said, if you took me and him, like I think stroke production wise, I have a little bit of cleaner strokes. I'm definitely, I would say, more fitter than him. He's very smart in the way that I think he definitely probably has one of the best, if not the best, cat and mouse game. But also, he's smart where, and I don't want to give all the jewels out, he knows against me, pace is not the way to go. So what he does, and I know this, every time I return, especially if I return a little short, he just hits a soft little dropper into the kitchen and we get into cat and mouse every time. Not that my cat and mouse is bad, he's just better at it and I will full fledge say that like i give him his props um i've split games with ben a bunch he's tuned me up a couple times and i've had chances to not beat him but like make it very very close i think actually at us open 2021 i was up we had split games and i was up i think seven or eight four i think that's probably the closest i've ever come to really beating him he's just super calculated you know i don't want to give him too much credit but kind of he's kind of like fed honestly like federer in, in the sense that it almost looks like people say it even in the streams like it looks like he's bored and not exerting too much energy. And that's because he's, he's kind of smart with it. You know, like if you took his, one of his matches and saw my matches, you would see, it looks like I'm working 10 times harder than what he's doing. Yeah. Different styles, different styles. And he's found his niche. And like I said, man, he's low key the goat because 
look at he's lost in singles what maybe like two three times in the last like two years even in doubles I mean it's it's pretty unreal and I, I wish Pickle was a little bigger because honestly what he does do is pretty unreal I mean he triple crowns pretty much every time it's amazing and it seems like his game's always evolving too yeah but you know it's funny um I haven't played him since last time we played was 2021. I think we played at the Masters at La Quinta. That's the last time we played. And I think I lost like six and six. But honestly, man, I've been itching to play him again. You know, I love to gamble like we're Vegas and we're making the odds. Obviously, he's the favorite to win. I'm not stupid. But me, Gabe Joseph, the competitor, once we get out there, it's even playing field. Like I like my chances. I'm betting on myself every time win or lose like i'm gonna go out there and play him as if he's anybody else you know yeah i can't wait to see it we there's plenty of matches on the streams where we've played we played i think eight times i want to say like six of those are on the streams if that answers your question i didn't want to come off as bragging because i don't i don't like to toot my own horn at all like i love when people come up to me and say something because i'm like okay well as long as you recognize it then i don't need to say anything you know like i don't need to say like oh i'm top this or that like yeah okay so you know i've complimented your backhand let's hear one more brag like what's your favorite thing you can execute or you do on court i'm gonna answer this in two ways it's funny actually my favorite shot honestly besides my backhand i love overheads but i would say not even shot just i'm a big hustler man and like i said who you are on the court kind of shows you are off the court and everyone tells me like i'm very emotional and in a good way and i'm very vocal out there but just the hustle like i think so many times i've gotten that one extra ball back and it's paid off for me in big dividends and you know scott crandall you know who i've played with and is one of my good friends and he tells me he's like dude your your speed is not just a neutralizer to get you back in the point like it's a weapon you know it's an offensive you know whether it's open stance backhands on the run like you turn your hustle in, into off offensiveness which is pretty Pretty rare. You know, I don't think personally, you know, if you want me to brag, I don't think anyone's faster than me on the tour. Yeah, you're getting to every ball. Yeah, I don't think anybody's quicker than me, let alone like turn offense into like some of the positions I, I get in, you know? Yeah. But that's my last brag. All right. I think I dropped something, my, my pride. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I want to talk about what you're proud of, like biggest accomplishments. There was the LA Open in 2022. Oh, man, I've been lucky. I, I've been blessed with a couple, but go ahead, finish your question. I want to cut you off. So you won the LA Open in 2022. Solid, I did. Solid day, solid win. Did you watch that on the stream? I didn't see it. God damn it, Josh. I thought we were friends, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was following along all day online. I don't think I actually saw saw the matches. Solid day there. Yeah. So I would say a couple moments. That's my most recent, I would say favorite moment. It was really cool because obviously it was in LA hometown. It's one of those, man, I'm a little sidetracking, but I would say the biggest thing, like my enemy is honestly myself. I'm going to kind of lay it out for you. I was in, I think the quarterfinals and I lost to Julian. We'd split games and it's on the stream. I was honestly feeling kind of a little bit disappointed, to be honest, very hard on myself as usual, very down. And I had my dad there. I had my boy Amit there, who you know. I had a bunch of friends come out. Like it was literally like a group of 10 people, like Joey, the owner of Pickleball Exchange. His, him and his friend Joel were out there. Um, Jason was there. He was playing. Yeah. And everyone was like, dude, you know, fuck it, bro. Don't you worry about it. Like, dude, you'll get like hustle in the back. Like you can grind through, get back. Like this tournament's fucking yours. And I always tell Amit, dude, I love like, bro, if I I had the budget i want you to every fucking tournament because he's my hype man bro he, he not only does he follow all my matches this dude texts me all the time and and one thing i used to always play with my apple watch on 
I don't anymore just because it kind of bothered me. But he used to text me during the matches. He's like, bro, like, come on, like, you fucking got this. Like, let's go. <laughs> you know, he's like, big win, big serve, like, whatever, you know. But anyways, dude, and then I got in the back draw, had a couple big wins. I don't remember in order, but it was like, I played a couple guys in the back, had to play James Ignatowicz. I had to play Rafa. I had to play Fed and then got all the way back to the back draw. But yeah, winning that tournament in my hometown. And then obviously, if you saw my Instagram post, like having my pops there because he likes to go to all the tournaments. And you know, every time he plays like at Chatsworth or any rec play anywhere, like he loves to wear like the same shirts I have, like my sponsor, you know, so he'll wear like an A shirt. And then uh, he'll use the paddle. And then he kind of tells everybody, he's like, yeah, like my son Gabe plays. I'm like, Gabe Joseph, you know? And so he gets his little proud moment. But yeah, to do it there was uh, was really dope. Yeah, that's awesome to have all that support in your hometown. I just pulled up the bracket here. So yeah, you went through the back draw, ended up beating Dylan Frazier twice for the gold had to beat him two out of three and then the one to 15 it was i mean i think i played like what eight or nine matches that day it was a long day yeah and then to beat frazier twice that's tough yeah but yeah man and then my other proudest moment this was 2021 u.s open so i was in the semis and i'm playing ben and for those that were there can all co-sign this story i remember dude that day like i was feeling a little queasy you know, we're in Naples, Florida. It's, uh, this is what, April, mid-April. It's hot and humid. I'm like, dude, I just, I feel a little off. And like I said, I had regular regimen. I had my Starbucks coffee. I had a bagel, some strawberries, blueberries. No, normal day. And I get to Ben. So I beat Ben the first game, 12-10. And then um, it's like 3-0 in the second game. We have a crazy point. Like he brought me up to the kitchen. He like lobbed me. I did a tweener. Crazy point. And I'm laying in the back corner and I have the photo and dude, I just throw up on the court, just let it out. Wow. And um, one of my friends was like, dude, so like, that's it. We're done. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? I didn't fly out from LA to, to quit. So I get back on the court. I lose the second game, like 4-11. And then I win the third. Uh, I'm sorry. I lose the third game. That's when I was up like 8-4 against Ben. So I go to back draw. You know, that was semis of main. I played like another five matches and I had a couple good wins. Like I beat Pablo Telez. I beat Zane at the time. That was when Spencer was just coming out. Yeah. And um, I ended up playing AJ Kohler for, for bronze and I ended up getting bronze. The only reason I say that's kind of my, my proudest moment because I literally turned what could have been pretty much a shit show and I just grinded it out. You know, at the time, now there's so many freaking tournaments that it's like what's special anymore but u.s open was still kind of a big deal so to kind of have gotten bronze at that tournament was like low-key a proud moment for me but at the same time since we were talking about earlier i was kind of bummed because like same thing at u.s open it was once you went to backdraw best you could do is bronze and i was like dude i want one more shot you know even if i'd played tyson for second third i was like i want to play one more yeah i would say that's one of my my greatest, I guess, accomplishments, quote unquote. Obviously, like I've I've won some APPs, I've medaled at a bunch, but uh, yeah. Well, there's always something special about playing well or a good result when you're not feeling your best. You have to fight through adversity. At the end of that, you know, you come out victorious. It's gonna feel sweet. The best part was I felt so good after I threw up. I just had to let it out. You know, it was one of those like you know when you're like almost hungover. You're like I just yeah. need to let it out, and I felt refreshed. Yeah, that man in LA Open. 2022 were yeah my favorite moments i would say thus far in my my so-called pickleball career another thing i want to talk about is the wreck to pro pipeline is that feasible do you see is there going to be success there or do you really need to be like a you know an athlete or, or a, a special person at the end of the day anyone can do it and be good at it it's one of those and i think you've kind of seen it a little bit 
I almost feel like the game's going to evolve. Obviously, new faces are going to come. But I would say for majority of people, it's almost a little too late in a sense where like, and I'm going to use this as an example. We've seen Sam Query try to play a little pro and Noah Rubin, you know, both Sam was obviously top whatever, 20 ATP pro. Noah Rubin, top like 100 ATP pro and still young. I think he's like on his late 20s, maybe early, early 30s. Athletic, can obviously play, has the ground strokes. It's just one of those, they don't have enough reps. It's kind of like throwing... I don't know what the phrase is, but it's like they're being thrown in the dogfight, you know, and it's like I can kind of hang, but then I'm kind of going to get chewed up too. So it's one of those, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. This is kind of back to my point with doubles. It's like how long and willing, you know, for a guy that's probably not sponsored either, how many times you want to keep throwing away, let's call it, you know, five, 800 bucks and then kind of realize, all right, this isn't making sense anymore. Like now this is kind of a spending habit because, and I don't mean it like in a degenerate way, but I mean like, yeah, you're playing for experience and matches, but if you don't really see yourself doing anything, then it's like, you just got to be honest with yourself. Okay, I'm going to play these tournaments and probably not expect to win the whole thing or podium, but let's see how far I can go. Yeah. And it's just one of those, you just got to be honest with yourself. Even with me, I go in every tournament. I feel wholeheartedly that I can win a tournament. Now, is that going to happen? You know, like I said, what are the Vegas odds? Probably not in my favor, but you know, you got to go out there and compete. You know, it's kind of, you just got to be honest with yourself and, and what your goals are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not trying to discourage anybody by any means, but it's one of those, if you're kind of that in the middle of the road in between 5-0, like you're very solid 5-0, maybe low end pro, maybe set some goals for yourself. Like, okay, maybe let's try to get, you know, let's try to go four and two. Let's try to get in the top eight, top 10. I mean, you see it even at, even at the pro level, a lot of the guys that are quote unquote, like, you know, somewhat name brands. I don't want to use anybody specifically. Some of these guys still go, you know, four and two, three and two, and are not even kind of close to meddling. And that just kind of is what it is. Like the field is just deep. It's a lot of people playing. So it's just one of those. It's just tough. You're going to fizzle throughout kind of the the weaker links. You know, what is it like? You know, you're, the sharks are going to eat that kind of the little fish, you know, sure. it just is what it is. Yeah. I mean, the field at Masters and this last PPA in Arizona, I think they both had play-in draws, right? Yeah, For they did. doubles, with singles as well? Yeah. That qualifying draw, like the top eight teams or whatever, can make the main draw. That's sort of a byproduct where you're seeing the high-end 5-0s sort of jumping over to pro and trying to get experience. Yeah, and here's the thing. I'm all for it. Like, I encourage all, like, I have one guy who's a 5-0 trying to, he wants to start playing pro. You know, you just got to be honest with yourself and kind of like, you're just, you're going to be playing for the journey. Yeah. You know, at that point. And that's totally fine. I would obviously encourage you, like, if you're killing it and podium every time at 5-0, then yeah, obviously you probably need to bump up to pro and you're just going to have to take kind of, you know, your L's that go along with it and just learn from it. Like I said, man, you got to remember you're competing with guys that are doing this for a quote unquote living. And some of them that aren't even doing it for a living, like, you know, the guys that are living at dreamland and playing every day, like, you know, you're having to compete with Pat. It's a little tough. You know, even singles, man, I'll do, I'll give you an example. I mean, Mike, round of 16 against J-Dub. Next, I would have had Julian. Then after that, I think was like Frederico. The draws are deep in singles too. I mean, you know, you could have a rough day if you get a bad draw. It could be quick. It's it's not easy. Like the field has gotten deep. Like I said, the people that have been playing for a while have kind of all got grandfathered in and then it's sprinkled in with a few little new faces here and there, but it's no walk in the park. 
Yeah, it's going to take some serious grinding, but if pickleball is going to grow, there's going to have to be a new class of pros that come up. So somebody's going to make it. Yeah. So I think there's always that to drive people. Yeah. Like I said, you're always going to get the talent. You're going to have new faces that come in. It's going to be, I think, a little limited. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a a professional sport. You're competing. Correct. You know, so the cream will rise to the top. Exactly. So how do you deal with with losing when bad days I've seen on the streams? You mentioned it a a bit. You can get tough on yourself. Oh, I'm my hardest critic. You know, mental game, bouncing back from bad days. Sort of how do you deal with that? You know, it's funny, man. I think even just like in life, two things are going to happen. You're going to let it kind of take you over and you're going to kind of give in and fold or you're you're going to use it as fuel and want to get better. You mentioned my match against J-Dub last week. Like, I'll be honest, man. It's so funny. I remember like Drake had this thing called the 72 hour rule where it's like, all right, first 24 hours, like it might sting. After 48 hours, it'll kind of fizzle down. Then after 72, someone will have done something stupider or you'll have done something dumb to get over it. You know what I mean? I've kind of tried to just backspace, delete it, forget it. To be honest, it still kind of stings. But I'll be honest, the last couple practice sessions I've had, I've been remembering that. And I'm like, I don't ever want to put myself in that fucking position ever again. So I'm like, I want to get better. I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I'm hungry. I'm like, you know what? We're not even going to make it a close match anymore. Like, you know, when I'm up 7-2 or something, I'm putting full throttle on the neck and I'm closing that game out. Before, I would say it would be hard to regroup and And I'll be honest, dude, even my mental for matches, like I need to improve on that big time. I would say that's my biggest enemy and I still have a tough time. It's funny. I feel like I'm almost so self-aware, almost like too self-aware. Like I know what's going on. And if you ever listen, sometimes the audio doesn't always pick it up. I'm very honest and blunt out there because I always try to view it from the viewer's perspective. Like if I miss an easy shot, I know the right thing to do would just be like brush it off pretend like it never happened, move on to the next point. I don't function like that. Like, I know that was easy. So I might say something like, oh my God, dude, like that was a cookie I just missed. I'll even sometimes say, I know this is kind of bad, but I'll be like, bro, like he literally breastfed me the ball. Like that was a joke. Like, how do I miss that? That's kind of how I, how I cope with things. Um, but for instance, I'll use that as a good, as a good example. After having those three match points in game two against JW, not closing it out, I already told myself, obviously, like anybody would in, in game three, it's like, forget it, new game, restart. You know, and I think I was even up like four, three in the third. I will admit it was still lingering in the back of my mind. Like, yeah. fuck, now I'm in this position where I have to win game three. To answer your question, like I had a rough tournament. It was the last one of the year, but at APP Mesa in December, I went uh, like one and two in singles. Like it is not a fun feeling. And it's so funny. That was the first time I ended up playing doubles with Will from Ace. And we did it more to hang out because it was actually the first time I met him in person. We'd just been dealing with each other over the phone. Yeah. Dude, that tournament feels a lot longer playing singles Thursday, having to wait Friday and then not having a good doubles day that Saturday, it kind of sours the trip and then it makes that flight feel a little bit longer going home. Yeah. But like I said, man, it's going to it's gonna do two things. You're either going to want to improve and get better or you're going to be like, fuck, I hate the sport. Like, why am I playing? This is stupid. You know, for me, I've never gotten to the point where like it's ever put me in that position. But, you know, you just know that you got to get better and, and work on the things. Like, it's so funny. As many nuances and as intricate this sport is, you know, having, playing, having played tennis for so long, it's like there's all always things to correct. And it's really, I feel like we all as humans make things a lot more complicated than what it is. Yeah. That's kind of how I go about it. You know, and one thing for me, it's kind of weird. I always watch all my stream matches back always because I always want to learn. And I, I take notes in my phone like, okay, like minimize the unforced errors, go for deeper returns, make sure you're sticking your first volley. Don't leave it short. You know, when this guy goes kind of behind me, I need to put that volley, even if I'm in a bad spot, 
kind of behind that person. Otherwise, I'm left kind of vulnerable at the kitchen. So little things like I still watch and, and peep game. Do you prepare for specific players? Yes and no. So here's the thing. Ah, man, I feel like I'm telling on myself. I used to be good at this. Now I'm not so much anymore. I used to not look at draws until I got to the tournament. I've been a little antsy the last couple tournaments and I've checked who I've been playing before. And yes, to answer your question, I'll look to kind of know what I want to do, how I've played them. When I played high school basketball, my coach, I remember one time we were like, we we're pretty like diverse team and we saw like the other team was like super athletic and tall. My coach is like, I don't give a fuck what color, how tall they are. Like they put on your socks the same way, like go out and fucking play. doesn't matter who's on the other side. So that's kind of how I try to look at it. Yes, I want to play certain people a certain way and strategize, but at the same time, it's like, it doesn't matter, dude. To be honest with you, that's how I lost the match against J-Dub. I looked at him at 10-8 and by the way, I think I had a winning record going into that match against him. I think I was like five and four against them. We played like nine or 10 times. But anyways, and I told this to my client this morning, I looked at him at 10, eight, as if he was some hero, superhero. And I was like, I have to come up and be Mr. Big Shot and hit a winner past him. When guess what? Last time I checked, you can watch the match. He made some routine volley mistakes. So I should have made him fucking play and not given away that match. In my opinion, as you said, I looked fitter. I would say I looked like the better player. Obviously, I kind of beat myself, you know, and someone PPA tagged me in a reel. And it was so funny. I saw somebody comment in the comment section, they were like, Joseph managed, hold on, I'm gonna butcher it. I gotta, I gotta pull this up because you're gonna laugh at this. It's so good. Like this dude summed it up perfect. I literally wasn't even mad because it was so good. I'm just gonna, I'll give him some props. Tim Cruz, love you, said, Gabriel Joseph had the win in game two on his paddle, but he managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Wow. And I was like, bar. That summed up the match perfect. I had that match in the bag and I somehow managed to pull defeat out of the victory bag instead. Out of my whole career of any sports, like that one low key stung the most. Really? Yeah, low key. Because I had so many opportunities. Yep. You know, the first one, if you watch the match closely, 10-8, I double fault the first one. I went for a big serve. I hit it a little out. And to be honest with you, I kind of wanted a freebie point because at 9-8, he had missed a return. Mm -hmm. I was like, let me go for another big serve. Hopefully he misses the return. And if not, maybe I'll get a short return. And then I missed two pass shots trying to be the hero. So that hurts. And at the pro level, you know, even in tennis or any sport, if you don't execute those small opportunities, they don't come back, you know, and I'm not even trying to toot JW's horn, like with any of the guys, like nine, seven, whatever, 10, six. If you get a little lackadaisical and didn't execute, you might not get that side out. And that was pretty clear, clear proof. And I definitely got a little tight because if you saw at eight, 10, I missed a server turn. 9-10, I missed the serve return. I think he hit a, I'm sorry, 8-10, he hits a forehand winner. 9-10 and 10-10, I missed two returns. And I think 11-10, I missed the silly volley. So that's clearly nerves and I would say a little mental weakness. Right. Because I told myself, I'm like, dude, I just need a side out and I'm fucking closing this match. Yeah. That's what that's what killed it for me. Yeah, well, I like to hear you run it back. I appreciate the fact that, you know, you're taking a positive spin and, and really letting it fire you up. Oh, dude, I like I said, I'm very honest and transparent. I, I look at it from from the viewer's perspective. Like I'm not naive to the fact that, you know, what's going on out there. Like I said, I'm my hardest critic. I think I'm very like comical and a character out there too. Just me as a person, as I've grown up, like 
I'm not the JW or a Ben who can just kind of restart and not show any emotion for a point. Like sometimes you can't tell if they're winning or losing because yeah. they're just so monotone. Yeah. That's just not how I go about things. Honestly, man, I think guys like me and Julian are so good for the sport because it, it shows that character side. You know, I think pickleball needs more charisma, personality. I think sometimes it could be a little, little bland. Yeah. I think uh, MLP is bringing some of that fire. For sure. But that's because of the team atmosphere. Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool format. So you're meshing all the personalities and it's team. So it's a little different. And that's what I think pickleball needs to eventually come to because I feel like, you know, like I said earlier, it's like, dude, what's a special tournament anymore? Because you just got whatever. We had PPA last week. Now we got PPA next week. It's like, even if you win one, it's like, guess what? Savor that win now because there's another tournament next week. And then if you, there's another tournament after that. So there's just so many where I feel like it's going to become like the ATP tour where it's just like, you're going to have, you know, your 250s, your 500s and your thousands. And then maybe like MLP, you'll have like a little Davis cup. I think if whatever we call it, the commissioner pickleball was smart, they need to get together and make like a team atmosphere and then maybe pay people some salaries. Yeah. You know, maybe that's how those guys make a living by those guys myself too, I guess, playing a sport. But I don't know. And I think, I don't know the viewership numbers. I feel like MLP probably got a good amount of eyeballs. Yeah, I like the MLP format. I think it's really fun for the game. I, I do too. I, I'm, I'll be honest. I have, I've watched a little bit here and there, but I think... I think that's the way to go, in my opinion. I think it brings the team atmosphere, team camaraderie. You know, you're throwing in some doubles, mix, some singles. You know, it was, I think it was kind of cool, I guess, in a sense that like Anna Lee played Tyson right. in a couple singles points, you know. Very cool. I think, you know, I think it brings a different element to the game. For most of the players, do you think it's their sponsorships like you, like you mentioned before, that really allows for them to get out there because the payouts aren't, aren't there yet? 1,000%. I mean, I don't know people's numbers and what they're getting. Sure. I know what just I got, but it has to be. I'll put it that way because there's no way unless you're some non-pro who's just got, you know, bank, then, you know, this is a costly sport. I mean, I know one pro, I don't want to say his name. I mean, he told me because he got, he has a sponsorship where he gets like gear and stuff for free, but he was out like somewhere in the face of like 35k playing these tournaments because he was having to put everything up for himself yeah and if you probably look on your roi on that i mean he's probably getting a couple hundred maybe thousand back you know if that you know you could look at i don't know if you follow um what is it called uh no man's land pickleball nml they actually listed some of the pros players earnings for the year and you'd be pretty astonished at those numbers. And actually, you and I both know a couple of those pros that are on there. And yeah, it's not good. Yeah, so what, I mean, you mentioned the payout for fifth out of PPA is like 300 bucks. And how does it go up from there? Uh, unless you're making the semis or championship Sunday, I mean, you're not getting paid, you know? Like, to be honest, I'll be completely honest with you. These last two, because I finished round of 16, which I actually haven't even gotten paid yet, I was supposed to make, I think, 408 for two tournaments. Mm -hmm. But then the PPA signed pros have appearance fees. So the gold card, I didn't get one of those. I was offered a silver, which I actually had signed. I inclined to play got de declined. I think they didn't end up, it wasn't just for me. They didn't end up doing the silver card. So I can tell you what that included, which I know what the gold card included because I had the, the document. I believe some people's deals are different. Yes. I think you get some appearance fee. They get you the Hertz car marketing package. And then you also get, I think for gold card, you get like double the prize money or something like that. And then I think if you had like silver card, you just got, I think appear, um, I'm sorry, entry fees taken care of. And that was kind of it. Um, Doko 
quote me. I don't even know if I should have said that, all that info, but I don't really care because it didn't end up happening. Something to that extent. But then also, I know if you have gold card, you have to be locked in not only to PPA, you have to play a certain amount of events. So you got to play something. I'm just making this up. I don't know, like 22 tournaments just with them. You're spending damn near half the year just on the road. It's a job. Yeah. So what do you think about the two tours? Obviously, PPA now has a lot of the top pros signed for 2023. If you want my honest opinion, I think it's kind of sad because if you want me to be truthful, I kind of prefer APP for just a couple reasons. And this is this is just for me personally. One, the payouts are better. I'm not here to play pro pickleball for the money, but I'm also in the world of making money. So if I'm going to go spend two days at a tournament or a day, like I can't just be playing for, for fun. I like the format better too. First, it was, you know, if you lost in the main draw, it was best you could do is bronze. Now it's if you don't make it to the semis of the main draw, now the best you can do is fifth. For those that are, you know, have eyes open, they're just trying to shorten the day. Interesting. I was going to ask you about that because the last PPA in Arizona, that's the first time I've seen that. It, It was supposed to be implemented at the Masters, but I guess something happened where they like, messed up the draw, like the format on like pickleball tournaments, I guess like it had like still playing through bronze. It didn't have like the fifth place thing. Don't quote me. I'm just, I'm just, you know, what I've heard. But yes, like at the last one that I played, like I had lost in the round of 16 to, to J-Dub and I went to the back and the best I could do at that point was fifth, which like I said, for me personally, I love to grind and I'm known for kind of, I'm like the single specialist. And so I come in like for an Arizona tournament, I go Wednesday night and I come back Thursday night. So I kind of want a long day because it's like, I'm making the haul out here. Like, let's just take my tournament experience. So let's say the last tournament, right? I played Spencer Smith first round, round of 16. I'm sorry, uh, round of 32, and I won. Round of 16, I lose to JW. Tournament started at 10. I lost to JW by, I think, 12, 12 p.m., right? My flight's at nine. Now, had I lost the next one, I'm in the back draw now. Let's just say I lose it. Dude, my day's over at 1230. So literally, I flew in the night before to play two and a half hours at a tournament? Yeah. It just doesn't really sound right. My thing is like, if I'm going to play a tournament, I want to grind all day. So I love the old format when they used to do it, when it wasn't even PPR PP, just if you lost, guess what? You could still come back and play for gold. And that's happened to me before. So I think now it's just, it's pretty clear. They just want to shorten the day up. And here's the thing, I get it. For Ben and Tyson and these guys who are playing three events, you know, mixed men's doubles and singles, they probably don't want to grind all day. And I get it, but like... It's a little whack in my opinion. Yeah. Did you know that that format had been changed going into I didn't the know. last PPA? Actually, Julian had told me at the Masters, we were both in the back draw. We actually, we ended up playing each other. But yeah, he's like, dude, best you can do is fifth now if you don't make the semis of the main. You know, I, I have no clue. So how's that being received by all the other guys? How are the other pros taking it? I don't really know, you know, like I said, but I feel like if I was like in their shoes, I feel like for them, if they want a short day and they're playing three events, they don't mind. But for like the single specialist, maybe like a fad, like Frank Anthony Davis or Ryan Sherry, me, guys like that, we probably want to play a long day. And for me personally, I'm more of like of a, I would say like a rhythm player, as bad as it sounds. Sometimes I don't mind losing in the main because I love getting more match play in because I'm, I'm fit and I love to get more matches because I feel like I get better as the day goes on. I'll still have the same energy as I did match one to match eight, but I feel like my shots have gotten better because I've just hit more balls, you know? And like I said, I think practice and tournament play are so different. You're willing to be a little more reckless in practice because you're working on things, but then in tournaments, like you got to be able to execute those things. I don't know how it is for you, but sometimes even for me, round one, I don't care if I'm playing Joe Schmo or, or Ben, I still have a little like round one jitters, you know, like yeah. I'm not completely settled in. I haven't really played much. Yes, I warmed up for, you know, 
30, 40 minutes, but it's not the same, you know, but by match four or five, like I'm feeling good now, you know? Yeah. And so by changing the format, essentially the backdraws become a lot smaller, smaller and, and the thing it, it, it goes by quicker, it really quick. And like I said, dude, your day could be done quick. Yeah. And there's not much incentive finishing fifth. What is that? Like 200 bucks for points, 200, but yeah, points and some pesos. And shout out to, to Will Jameson, the owner of Ace Pickleball, who who signed me. And I, I wouldn't be doing this without him because obviously my my deal with my prior sponsorship had ended. I was kind of in a weird pending situation because, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn. People obviously tell me like you could be top two, three easily if you fully dedicated yourself to pickleball. And I'm like, I totally agree with you. I see it. But also at the same time, you know, it's kind of risk versus reward. And I'm kind of half in half out because it's like, I still got to pay the bills. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, I don't have the luxury of some other pros. And that's not to discourage them. But also like, I can't be playing, you know, to my point, I can't be playing for 300 bucks. That doesn't that doesn't get me anywhere. (laughs) Point on that is uh, this year because of ACE, this will actually be my first full time year of playing pickleball so we'll see what happens yeah so i mean talk a little bit about the future what's your calendar look like coming up i don't look too far ahead just because uh dude life changes you know like you might have this going on next week my girlfriend we might have plans so i have um on the schedule right now i have let me see so i'm playing the ppa next week in arizona february 16th next week Then I'll be playing APP San Diego because that's here. Then I'm going to be playing APP Mesa, which is the 30th of March. And then I believe it's going to be that Utah PPA that first week of April. And then I haven't looked anything past that yet. So that's kind of the the calendar for for right now. Well, that's good. That's that's some that's a decent amount of events. I feel like for you, just singles and all those. Yeah, those uh, will be just singles. And it's funny because, like I said, Will and I have a pretty good mutual understanding. He had asked me. He's like, "Did you want to play dubs?" And I was like, "Honestly, bro, I was like, if you don't mind, I I kind of just want to grind it out in singles. So those will just be singles for now. And I'm sure people kind of know this, but I I try to stay obviously as much West Coast as possible, just so I don't have to make the long hauls doing the. Quick trips to like Florida or something is hauling ass, you know? Yeah. And so what are some of your goals for these tournaments? I knew you were going to ask me this. Goals for this year. You know, how important is pickleball to you? Like this whole night we've been talking about your job versus your pickleball career and sort of balancing the two. How invested do you see yourself getting in the sport? Yeah. You know, even outside of competing, I know you're a coach, so there, yeah. there's that. It's really a big part of your life, but just kind of discuss where you see it going for you. And- yeah, no, that's a great question. And I knew you were going to ask me this. First, I just want to say, like, obviously, I love the game. It, it means a lot to me because it's given me kind of this second opportunity resurgence, as I'm sure it has to a lot of people who couldn't either play pro tennis or a pro sport, you know, and I'm not trying to like, you know, downplay it. And I always tell people and and a lot of people have actually given me kudos for this, which I appreciate because I always tell people it's like I'm kind of half in half out, meaning like I still work, you know, kind of handle business and then I still go out and compete. So my goal is as a whole, once probably the sport gets a little bigger and the money's there that I can eventually delve in and just compete full time and do the things you were talking about earlier like maybe not get a trainer and stuff, but do the, the, do the pro stuff, what a pro athlete would do, right? you know, for one, and I'll tell you this, cause people ask me like, do you have a coach? I would somewhat get a coach, not like someone for like strokes and stuff, but maybe like kind of a sports psychologist or an actual coach, maybe someone who would be willing to like come with me to tournaments, maybe even be more of like a support system more than an actual coach. But you know what I'm saying? Something like that. That's the ultimate goal. Hopefully I can just, you know, one day 
compete full time and just worry about that. But until that happens, I'm kind of still going to, you know, be half in, half out. And I I mean that in a good way, not like as like, oh, I don't like the game or something and I'm still going to just grind and then kind of play this for fun. No, it still means a lot. Like if you watch my matches, I mean, you would think I'm I'm probably competing as hard, if not harder than anybody out there. I mean, it means obviously a lot to me. But short term goals, I would say, I'll be honest, going into the new year, because I like New Year's resolutions, was obviously to make as many championship Sundays as possible for PPA, I guess, APP, sometimes tournaments are done the same day. Obviously, podium as much as I can would be the ultimate goal, quote unquote. I guess after playing two PPA so far, I would say realistically is make, I don't want to downplay it, make a championship Sunday if we're going to be realistic, I guess, because like I said, fields are tough, draws are deep. I think it's possible though. So that would, I I would say is kind of my short-term goal, meaning like in the next few months is make a championship Sunday. And then honestly too, um, the, my first two years, I guess, of playing pro 2020 and 2021, I'd finished top five in singles. Last year, I believe I finished like top 10 or 15. So I want to get back in probably at least the top five would be nice. But honestly, the only reason the guys in front of me have passed me just because they played more tournaments, not because sure. not of the results. So I lost points, I guess, quote unquote. Yeah, those are the goals. And then because you asked me outside of uh competing off the court work-wise is um, another thing G14 classified, but I have a buddy who um, is going to be opening up a pickleball facility somewhere in the area. I can't say where. I've heard these rumors. Okay. So uh, I will actually be director of pickleball when this place opens. So I'm going to have my hands tied doing that. That's going to be a nice gig. And I'm honestly, I don't want to throw my eggs in one basket, but I'm really really looking forward to that gig when it when it happens yeah, that sounds exciting so, yeah and i'm gonna have a nice title which is gonna be it's gonna be a lot of work and hard work but it's gonna be a lot of fun and i can kind of do my own thing you know obviously at the club i'm at right now i'm actually independent contractor so i don't get benefits or i'm not on salary or anything which is great because i just get you know straight money and then you know do my thing but you know i want to have kind of a more proper position, if that makes sense. Um, So when this place opens up, uh, which should be hopefully soon, I can't say when, but... uh, Are we talking this year, next year, generally? uh, If all goes well this year. Cool. Yeah, well, we'll all be looking forward to that. Yeah, so that's kind of the goal, you know, for off the court, which is still kind of a part of my job. <laughs> but yeah. And then uh, honestly, man, since you got me on here, get back into my podcasting. I've... Uh, you literally got all, all the juice I had saved up. So uh, I'm glad. Yeah, this was awesome. But yeah, man, dude, l- like life has been good. You know, I got great girlfriend. We got a sick pad and uh, work's been good. Family's healthy. My puppy's great. So I can't really can't complain, man. Life is good. Awesome. I really appreciate you doing this. I thought this was a great little chat. I love watching you compete. I think the viewers like watching you compete. You know, the fans, like, you're so intense out there. You know, just watching your movement, you know, watching your your fire on the court is great. I appreciate that. I hope to see you out there, you know, competing, you know, for a long time and wish nothing but the best for you. I got a question for you, since you were asking me, what are, what are your pickleball goals? I don't know. I mean, I, I've been competing in tournaments every couple of months or so. The last one I did was uh, the Takaya Showcase, me and my buddy Matt and Daya, who I'm sure you know from Piccadilly. Uh, him and I won gold at 4-5 in Newport. Congrats, dude. Make some noise for that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I got a couple of tournaments in mind for the next couple of months, thinking about jumping up to 5-0, maybe staying at 4-5. We'll see. Do the, do the 5-0. But let me ask you this, because we actually, we, we didn't really touch on it from your perspective. Like, what's your amateur experience like at these tournaments? It's a long day. 
which can be cool because I'm out of the house, taking in the scene. Of course. Out there with my friends. Like, you know, it helps when, you know, you have a lot of friends competing there too. Dude, it's a great getaway. Even hopping on the flight. Like, I like to read books. Just getting away. Change the scenery. Dude, it does a lot for the mental. But uh, but yeah, but back to your point. At the Takaya, like, I think, you know, I get nerves just like everybody else. But having a bunch of friends competing as well, you know, we're chatting before and between matches. I think that, like, helped calm me down. So Matt and I, we played great all day. I think that, you know, it helped having the the friends around it's it's a long day and you know if, especially if you're winning and you have to wait you know in between matches i was gonna ask you like like do the pros have those same complaints like about waiting in between matches i hate waiting too long it, it honestly it's a it's a double-edged sword it's one of those like if you're waiting a while it's probably a good thing because obviously you're advancing throughout the day and obviously especially the further you advance the more longer the waits are going to be but yeah it does suck because you know i'm not old you know i'm not trying to age you or anybody but it's like yeah waiting around two hours like you get stiff i've had a bunch of tournaments where i've played for bronze you know having to wait for a match or two to catch up to see who you're going to play like like this happened to me at san clemente i remember i had to wait for it was Ryan Sherry and James Ignatowicz playing. So I had to wait for them to play. Then I had to wait for like a women's match. And then I think they had to play one more to see who was going to play me. And it's like, I remember it was getting cold and a little dark out. And it's like, by then I've been waiting like two hours and you're kind of like at the point, you're like, fuck dude, I just want to play like win or lose. You're like, I just want, I'm, t- I'm getting stiff. Like it's not easy. But then on the flip side, if you're like a Ben and you just cruise in a championship Sunday, you know, think about it for him, someone like him, his day is only three matches and he's done. And he's probably waiting, not waiting that long because he just plays his whatever round of 16, his quarter semis, and then he's done. So I don't know it, it. Like I said, it has its pluses and its negatives. I think it should go back to just old school. If we're not going to do the full playback, for gold then it should be at least third fourth for bronze you know but yeah man i mean dude yeah definitely make that jump to to 5-0 and uh hopefully we'll see in the pros and you're in it for more than the journey (laughs) yeah well i don't know if i have a pro career ahead of me but it's fun to compete i love the community i've made some good friends you know being out at tournaments is super fun but i think for me just being a part of the game in some way is important and that's why i started this podcast to be honest like i felt like there was an opportunity to hear stories from the community on the amateur side the pro side the coaching side like a lot of different for sure elements you know and and i'm trying to cover all that i think this is going to satisfy you know some of my you know desire to be a part of the game in some way sure like when i started yeah picking up the game I was like oh man like you can just enter a pro event like maybe I should like try and get really good yeah, but that, yeah but anybody like, you know then playing some really good players and then I have a full-time job and a family like you know I'm not gonna go pro you know what, let me ask you this since you brought it up what do you consider a professional player or a pro player if you're making money I mean that's like the true definition of a pro right like getting paid because because to your point you could be the guy who I know a couple people who just enters every pro event and then goes 0-2, but then he'll walk around and say like, oh yeah, like I, I play pro. Yeah, and sure, that person is playing in a pro bracket and more power to him. Like whatever people want to do is fine. He's sending his $300 to the Johns Foundation. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, uh, that's funny. It, and that's fine. And, you know, people are going to do what they want to do. And the sport is so accessible that, hey, that's great. And, yeah. and I think that's why people are pushing themselves because they see that it's like attainable. Like nobody at the playground playing basketball realistically, if even some really good hoopers, there's no possible way of them like hitting up LeBron or hitting up someone, yeah. you know, in the NBA and getting a shot. 
Yeah. Really, you know. So this is kind of like a new sport, a growing sport where where it's like right there and you see, you know, a possibility, a chance. And, and the nature of the game being that it's it doesn't take like freak athleticism no. to be good. It's even more accessible. That I'm telling you the way I, the, like when people ask me like what it is, you know, I tell them it's like a condensed version of tennis with a paddle and a wiffle ball. But if I had to sum it up in one word, I just say it's inclusive. You know, that's really you. Like you said, you meet people like there's from all walks of life. You get some cool, wacky characters, but it's this sport that everyone can play. Like I said, it's like, where are you going to get the 70 year old on the same court with the 20 year old and competing to an extent? You know, it's like, it's kind of wild. Yeah. And I I think there's also something to the fact where the hard and the soft game are both necessary. They can even be consecutive shots like you get hit like a drive and then drop like which is a common approach to the net (laughs) and in executing that to me feels so satisfying that it keeps you coming back and wanting to do that again and again like hitting a hard shot and then slowing it down like it feels like there's like power in that you know yeah and then it's you know hitting a soft shot like perfectly is a lot different than hitting a hard shot perfectly you almost you try to like will the ball and he's like oh you know there's like small margins and i don't know i think there's something to that that makes the game addicting one thousand percent and it's uh Dude, people really have that pickleball bug, dude. It's kind of wild. You know, I'll be honest. It's funny. Like, I think just from playing like tennis so long, I never really caught like the quote unquote bug. But me as a person, no matter what, I, I, I'm competitive and I just I, I like to compete. And that's the thing that I will say, like, obviously, you know, thank you to Will and for giving me the opportunity. But that's the one thing I love about these tournaments, dude. It's just it, it gets you back in that that competitive edge. Okay, so yeah, let's wrap it up with a little speed round. Oh, I love this. All right, drop or drive? Drive. Tournament or rec? Tournament. Playing during the day or the night? Day. Dude, I'm going to say this. You know, it's so funny. I've only played two quote-unquote tournaments in the night. So another long story I'm going to make, or another short story I'm going to make long. I was playing bronze medal match against Julian in Texas. I've actually never played a tournament in the nighttime. They didn't do a great job of... uh spreading out the center court assignments. And anyways, we ended up having to play our bronze medal match at like seven o'clock. I actually ended up having to rebook my flight because the tournament went on for so long that later that night we had to play. It was so weird, dude, like under the lights, it was funky. And then also at the masters, it was like five o'clock and, um, you know, daylight savings is already hit. So we had to play on the tennis court. So they put three pickle courts on the tennis court, but the lights were like for tennis. So they were so far separated. Oh, right. Like, let's say we're looking at the court in front of us. The doubles alley on the ad side or the left side, like had a light. And then all the way, the doubles alley of the tennis side had the lights, but there was no lights in the middle, like dividing because it was just a big giant center tennis court not an excuse to lose but like it was hard to see yeah so during the day is my answer singles or doubles singles oh do you think that was a gimme left side or right side when i do play dubs like left if i had to play the right i'll play the right but left because i love my backhand so left mixed or gender gender dura or franklin oh good question so i've had really good results with franklin's because i think it slows the games down makes the points a little longer but personally i like duras because i just i love to hit those drives and i love that ball pocketing in there favorite shot my backhand and then i would say probably probably backhand down the line 
And then also, like I said, we don't hit too many of these, but overhead would be ultimately my favorite shot. But since we don't hit those that often, my, my backhand down the line. Favorite drill? I stole this one from Ben Loki. I like doing, I don't know if you want to call it figure eight, but I would have one person at the kitchen in a half. So let's just say they're playing like the do side or right side and they would just move me side to side and I would drop and drive. But I did just do this one with Connor yesterday, which I really, really like. I don't know if you consider it a drill. Let's say you and I are playing a game. One of us will serve the whole game and we do rally scoring. Oh, interesting. I like that because it really, you know, know, here's the thing, even with good players, like let's say you and I are playing a singles match and we're having a little bit, let's not a rough day, a slow day. We're like, I'm serving, you return and I just dump a third. Then it's side out and you do the same thing. There's no rhythm, right? And it happens a couple times or like maybe I get one back and you put away a volley, like it's not fun. This way, I really like it because it makes you not think a little more, but you have to be a little more picky. Like let's say it's zero, zero, you hit a good return and I just dump a drive. Like, okay, now it's zero one because we're rally scoring. And even though I'm serving, I kind of have, I guess a little bit of an advantage. You can't really afford to just miss thirds and follow-ups. You got to construct the points a little yeah, better. Int- I like you got to be a little more uh, calculated, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. I like that too. And like you're saying, getting in a rhythm, you can really groove your return or groove your serve yeah. based on what, what spot you're in. I like it for two reasons. One, you're going to get rhythm as a returner because obviously you don't want to miss returns and you want to focus on hitting them deep. And really, even in pickle in general, you have the advantage because you're at the kitchen first. Now, the good part for the server is since I'm serving the whole game, assuming you make every return, I'm going to always hit a third no matter what. Yeah. So whether I make or miss, at least I'm hitting them. Whether if we're playing a regular game, I have to side out it, get it back. Let's say I dump it, side out. But this way I know like I'm guaranteed at least a third pretty much every time for the game. Sure. And then we'll switch. Then you would do a game to 11. You just serve all return. And then as a returner, I'm like, I just want to work on like one thing I've been really just trying to work on instead of even being so picky with placement of who I'm playing. I've just been really trying to work on just deep, deep return. Yeah. I feel like when I watch my matches, I end up missing a lot of mine short in the tape or obviously like spraying a few long, but I really been trying to eliminate short returns. Okay, and last thing, favorite courts in SoCal? Mm, Good question. I'm a bit of a snob in this sense because I honestly play a couple of just private courts, like facility, I guess. Can we just... Yeah, favorite place to play, favorite place to hang out, be wherever. Low-key, one of my favorite venues, I would honestly say, would be TTC, what is that, at Newport? Or um, I've never really practiced there, but I really like the San Clemente uh, venue is really nice. Now to practice on on the regular, I got to just shout out to my boy, Daryl. He's my client and um, he lets me use his beautiful court in his backyard in uh, the Oaks of Calabasas. Not too shabby of a place to be. Nice. Beautiful court. He's super nice. He lets me use it whenever I want to practice. All right. Well, Gabe, this has been fun. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Thanks for listening.